Okay, hear me out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeremy Strong. Yeah. Put him in a room. Okay. There's, there's cameras in the room and Jeremy Strong. Naturally. Okay, okay. you le- leave the room. Enter okay. Zach Baggins. Oh? In the room with Jeremy Strong. Zach Baggins as of uh, Ghost, Ghost Adventures? Adventures? Yes, Ghost Adventures Zach okay. Baggins. Put him in the room with Jeremy Strong and the cameras. Close door to room. Lock door okay. to room. See what happens. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm intrigued. Do you see? Do you see the vision? Yeah, I think we need to pitch I'm, this. Do you see what I'm trying to do here? Animal Planet? I don't know. <laughs> wait. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. Wait. More generally, just broadening the topic area. What about a show? And it's kind of like you know, like celebrity competition shows where it's like I don't know. A celebrity goes out into the wilderness with Bear grills, or like a yeah. celebrity does like a survival show. Hear me out. Um, every week you put a celebrity, any celebrity, in a room with Jeremy Strong. You lock them in there together and you just fuck around and find out. You just fuck around and find out. <laughs> it could be a fight to the death. Like He could monologue the- you to death. Like Yeah, he could monologue you to death. Method act you to death. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking it was going gonna be like one of those shows where it's like you don't realize that like there's a celebrity or like a celebrity who's pretending to be somebody else, but yeah. both Zach Baggins and Jeremy Strong think that they are the celebrity in question because they don't know who each other is. <laughs> no, that's perfect though. The premise of the show is the celebrity thinks that they're the celebrity, but the celebrity is always Jeremy Strong. Yeah. And can we also have it be like Naked and Afraid where it's like a lights out show where it's like you don't it's dark you don't know who's in their room with you and it's, it's all infrared cameras. You think that Zach Baggins would have like the upper hand considering what his job is is to be like yeah, in dark probably. rooms with people who may or may not exist <laughs> and just in the corner is Jeremy Strong like the Blair Witch. <laughs> Over my decade in paranormal investigation, I have mastered the art of seeing in complete darkness. For that reason, this will not be a challenge for me. <laughs> but they're like the same person. So what prompted this? Was I saw a video of, <laughs> of like Zach Baggins like talking about how like I came back to this place in 2004 and then it cuts to like a clip of him at that place in 2004 where he makes like a really really rude remark about how the ghosts died um, themselves and then it comes back to him and he says I gotta admit I was a little out of line (laughs) and it just cuts reminded me so much of those like interview clips that keep getting put around of Jeremy Strong talking about he was a merry prankster you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like just mm-hmm. the way like he his tone of voice <laughs> the way he says this. yes it was definitely like, same person different fonts in same Jeremy's person, like different fonts Ariel or maybe Times New Roman Calibri. if we're being really generous and uh Zach is definitely Webdings oh yeah 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 100 yeah. <laughs> percent just a bunch of exclamation points and icons Uh, so i think we have a pretty good pitch here and we should be taking over television caitlin agreed you know who else is taking over television this week who uh it's it's the what we do in the shadows gang yay they're back again because it was thursday and there's new episodes every thursday and thursday happens every week (laughs) thursday happens every week
that should be everyone's takeaway from today's episode of the pod. Is that Thursday happens every week? Yeah. Yes. Happy out of touch. <laughs> Happy out of touch Thursday, everybody. If you're listening to this on a Monday, but if you're listening to us on a Thursday, you win. <laughs> you win for a lot of reasons, because if it's this Thursday, this episode hasn't aired yet, and... Uh, I don't know how you got here. <laughs> I think that if you're listening to this on a Thursday, you should go to our YouTube channel to the video of this podcast, which there is not a video. It's just the audio on YouTube of this podcast. Yeah. And you should just comment, I win. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Caitlin, what did you think of this week's episode? Uh, it was good. It was really good. Uh, I really loved Nandor just immediately digging himself his own grave, but no one <laughs> knowing that he's digging a grave. <laughs> for himself and others like during the interview with the local news of him just saying stuff where the news anchor was just like yeah this is normal stuff ha 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 these are jokes and him being like shit shit fuck shit shit (laughs) the panic to dig a deeper hole yeah yeah the panic in his face like as he slowly realizes what he's done was so funny because joanna roscoe was none the riser (laughs) (laughs) joanna roscoe was just like "Uh, haha like this is so this is so kitschy and nandor was like I have having a crisis. Everything up. I gotta say, the bit of her asking him what his name is and him saying Nandor the Relentless and her saying Nandor no, de, de Laurentiis. <laughs> that is so funny. So good. Laughed out loud. That is such a good joke. Like, that is immediately a classic what we do in the shadows. Nandor joke. Like, de Laurentiis. When he said um, he was going out for his walk for both his mental health and physical health, I was like, hell yeah, Nandor! good for you you are okay it is canonically confirmed that nandor takes hot girl walks as he should Um, i thought of you when he said that (laughs) me me going for my rage walk every evening yep this episode it was almost a slow start for me yeah um like i was i started it being like okay all right you know what's where are we going with this and then Mm -hmm. it was just a really casual progression into something that i loved the direction things go in was unexpected to me and I ended up being very surprised and like laughing all throughout the news bits. Um, yeah, the end of the episode definitely had me like losing it because the opening was funny, but I'm like, okay, I know what you're doing. Keep going. Like, give me something. Yeah. And I yeah. think what really got me was when the news anchor eventually does get the footage of them flying and I'm like oh shit what are they gonna do yeah I think it's funny that the bit conceptually for this episode is kind of that like the reporters aren't really engaging with the subtext of what Nandor and the guide are saying throughout the episode like they all just think it's a little weird but they're not questioning it but then it doesn't become apparent to them until something as obvious as them all lifting the car happens right um which is so funny in part because it, it suggests a like Maybe these reporters aren't very good at their jobs. And then B, no one is actively watching the local news like for content and, and informational purposes. Like nobody's reading into what's going on. And I think that's really funny. I read it as like the reporters were 
good at their jobs because like you could tell that Joanna was just like okay like it's just a crazy local saying some stuff trying to be on the news I'm gonna try and wrap this up but he just kept going so I feel like they were doing fine but I didn't even like realize that this whole thing is that like not a lot of people were (laughs) gonna be affected because no one watches the local news (laughs) because no one's even watching it because nobody cares and I didn't even like pick up on that because I watch the local news more than I do actual news because I can't stomach the actual news so just give me what's going on in my little bubble and that's all I need. I like that you distinguish that the local news is is perhaps not the actual news. Like whatever <laughs> is happening to the lamb at the state fair or the butter sculpture. That's I'm all for the butter more, sculpture. More digestible than uh whatever is going on nationally. It is. Um I'm like a religious watcher of the local news. Not so much since I've moved to DC, but like when I lived in a more <laughs> rural area. Mm-hmm. I ate that shit up because rural local news is like it's the so most good. ass backwards shit. Like, and, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if I, I find myself developing incredibly parasocial relationships <laughs> with the anchors. I'm like, ooh, what's uh, what's what's Marty Raincloud doing today? Marty Raincloud. <laughs> the fact I'm that check like his Twitter. <laughs> Literally, no, but real though, because there's like an anchor on our local news that I, I, when I was on Twitter, I would follow that because I wanted to yeah. know. I was like, what does he yeah. have to say? I feel like Nandor's internal crisis throughout this episode is so funny because mm-hmm. it operates once again as an example of like the chaos that ensues when Guillermo isn't there to like somewhat level, keep things yeah. level and maintain some illusion of balance. Of Oh, yeah, yeah normalcy so i love that it's another one of those episodes because like this show is proving over and over again that like nandor needs guillermo yeah um and i think his experience in the world is very much shaped by the ways that guillermo supports him oftentimes in ways that he doesn't acknowledge or kind of takes advantage of yeah um, like he literally runs back to the house and goes guillermo <laughs> yeah oh i love where's guillermo and then the cut with the echo yeah that was that good. was so good the desperation it. in his voice Mm-hmm. you cannot function so speaking of guillermo i think his character arc this episode is really interesting because it's opened up a lot of potential conflicts for him that i didn't even consider like Same. his family like the moment he shows up to his mom's house and is explaining the situation it just like it was like oh wait a minute yeah the implications of him becoming a vampire are that he'll have to keep that from his family in part because he's a vampire and also because <laughs> it's in their nature to kill vampires you yeah know? it's funny because we even brought it up on the podcast before about like oh maybe his van helsing blood is why his vampire transformation is taking so long and not even thinking about the extended family that we know uh, that could not like that. It makes me so sad for how sad Guillermo is. Oh, yeah. His acting, Hardy acting this episode was just terrific. When his mom puts the crucifix on him, like the pain that he feels, yeah. and then the scene in the elevator, the crying and then casually breaking the elevator handrail. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. So iconic immediately. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I love when we give actors like the space in comedy to act out dramatic bits Mm -hmm. i remember Mm -hmm. we talked in an earlier episode about an interview harvey had given where he discussed this being a really difficult season 
for Guillermo yeah, emotionally. Yeah, sad all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and you see where that comes back here, and it's so, oh, it's so heartbreaking. You really feel for him. Now, I have a question. Okay. So he breaks the handrail in the elevator when he's crying, and yeah. that's, like, one of the most, like, immediate examples of his vampire abilities that we see. Do yeah. you think that it comes out when he is emotional? Oh. Oh. That is such a great question. That's such a great theory because, like, it does seem like that that's when these more overt things are happening. Yeah. I can't think of an immediate other example that happened, like in the previous episodes but it was just so immediate in his like oh now he has strength as he's leaning against it like he can't do that and like it's not like he is using it in a way like he's just leaning against the handrail he's not trying to like push down on it or break it it just happens Uh. automatically and we've seen him before like he's trying to fly nothing happens he doesn't really have wings Uh, he can go out into the sun um and then i mean I feel like the crucifix around his neck, like, that doesn't necessarily count because it's something that's happening to him. He can't control what he can or cannot touch necessarily, but, like, he can control yeah. his strength. Um, so I'm just wondering if that might be a thing. Ooh, okay, meta time. So <laughs> this is great because I think it opens up kind of a door that I've been banging on since last night in my head, which <laughs> yeah. is, like... I didn't consider the ramifications of Guillermo's vampirism and um, for his family. And right. I, I now, less so than with previous episodes, have an idea of where things are going for him and how the choices he made at the beginning of the season are, to, are going to impact him in the long term and all of his relationships. Yeah. But what is clear, based on what you're saying, is that it seems like Guillermo his transition is very deeply connected to his emotions and his relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. And that's fascinating to me because it's almost in direct opposition to the way Nandor walks through life as a vampire, where there's something almost naive about the way he carries himself. And I think the scene where Guillermo is getting very emotional in the elevator and breaks the handrail really well complements where Nandor walks into the house when it's booby-trapped and the cinder yeah. block hits him and he completely ignores it. Yeah. Okay, so Derek is the one who bit him. Where did yes. we first meet Derek? Was he part of, like, the vampire hunter thing or was he... He was part of the vampire hunter thing. He was in their cohort. <laughs> okay. And then who bit him? Oh, it was when they were inside of... They went to attack a house full of vampires. Right, 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 right. And he got and bit. Yes, and he was, like, left behind, I believe, and that's how it happened to him. I'm, like, <laughs> trying to connect dots of, like, yeah. how Derek being the one to bite Guillermo has an effect on how Guillermo is. Because, like, yeah, Derek wouldn't have gotten bit if it wasn't for Guillermo, right? Yeah. Necessarily? Yeah. I mean, Guillermo was part of that group, but... And it's not necessarily just his fault, but... Did he abandon him? Is it because Guillermo didn't let him into... I mean, again, not his responsibility, but knowing that he's a vampire and, like, not opening up this vampire world with other vampires until, like, he just randomly invites him to the wedding, like... Mm -hmm. I'm just one... Mm -hmm. I I just wonder if there's something there. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I do too. Um, it feels like a lot of what's happening to him is in part do- tied to his Van Helsing roots and then maybe a little bit to Derek um, yeah. in a lot of ways. And that goes back to that central theme in, in the first episode of that it was supposed to be Nandor. Um, <sighs> yeah. And now they're in this dynamic that's all out of sorts where Guillermo has betrayed Nandor. Nandor has up until this point not changed Guillermo and consistently treats Guillermo badly mm-hmm. um it I think what we're seeing now is the after effects of all of those choices the choices not to tune into emotions the choices to repress things the choices to neglect and I think that works really well with your theory that mm-hmm. a lot of Guillermo's most prolific expressions of vampirism are tied directly to his emotions yeah and I just wonder if it's gonna all come to a point of desperation where those three wishes that Nandor still has will be used somehow where the fuck is the djinn I don't know it's like Chekhov's wishes Chekhov's genie (laughs) Chekhov's Chekhov's genie (laughs) (laughs) where are they I wonder if he gets called back into this at some point during the season That'd because be nice. it does it does feel like uh I really I I rem- I know you've been hyper fixating on these wishes Caitlin because every time they? we talk we're like like what are they and I totally I totally empathize with that because it feels like something that's could still be tied up at some point right you can't just introduce them and then not have them show up again my thing is like I'm not super worried about this potentially not being tied up because this show does do a really good job of reminding us of things from earlier seasons as they become relevant again like yeah. oh uh, last year this happened and now this is happening like this show does a good job of of recalling its lore mm-hmm. um so i feel like there's still opportunities for that to happen and even if that doesn't happen i'm really really curious to see like how the second half of the season changes things between Nandor and Guillermo like what does their dynamic look like moving forward because there's this really interesting exchange between them at the very end of the episode where Guillermo returns and Nandor with the audacity audacity. in tow (laughs) says we can survive quite easily without you yeah no that's a lie (laughs) (laughs) I think this is like interesting because this is something that's kind of happened before like there have been many episodes in the past where it's been implied that like Nandor even if he doesn't believe it because I don't actually think he believes this at all right um, exactly will say something in part probably to get a rise out of Guillermo but also to just like um, reassert that he has control over everything when he very clearly doesn't along the lines of like oh like we don't need you we're fine by ourselves and that is always disproven yeah and it's usually because nandor acts out something that is meant to prove that point right i like that at the end of the episode as guillermo is watching the news he just goes nope not my problem and he's just like yeah doesn't get involved and i hope that he continues to do like the nope, I'm not my pro- not my problem because like if you say that you can handle your own stuff, and that you can, you know, go on fine without me, then prove yeah. it. 
We'll see what happens. And I I don't want Guillermo to put in any more work than he already has. I want the work to be put in by everybody else. Exactly. And it's such growth for him to be able to put his foot down. Yeah. Um, in a way that I feel like was unexpected for Nandor, which is great. Like, I like that there's that shock value when he goes, fine. And Nandor goes, what? Like, yeah. not expecting Guillermo to agree with him. Not expecting Guillermo to say, okay, yeah. if you say so. You know, I'm going to remove myself from this situation, which is like so rare because he spends so much of his time in a pining state. And I'll say this, I love dynamics where the person who is oftentimes pining grows in such a way that they no longer need to do that. Like when they actually learn to reject the way that they've been treated by the person that they're pining after. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That tastes so good. It's so healing. My skin is clear. My <laughs> my crops are growing, etc. Like, oh, it's yeah. such a great feeling it's to witness. Also, maybe I missed something, but the vampires all take over the local news and they hypnotize everyone who's watching it. Guillermo's watching the news and nothing happens to him. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Are they not actually good at hypnotism? Is he immune to it? Is it something with him being a familiar that he doesn't get to be hypnotized? How does that work? Isn't he already immune? Like, isn't that something that's a plot line from an earlier season that, like, I think Nandor or somebody tries to hypnotize him and he's like, that doesn't work on me. That has not worked for me on me in a long time. Uh, that sounds vaguely familiar. I just don't yeah. remember. Which is now exactly what's happening with Sean. Yeah. Um, it's just so funny. <laughs> Who answers um, the phone yellow? <laughs> speaking of that, uh, I want, I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. I'm down bad for that man. <laughs> for Sean. <laughs> I'm down bad. Like, there's something about the way they're doing his hair this season. I love a nice yeah. loose curl. I love yeah. a nice loose curl. If you adapt like the college professor hair, I'm there. I'm, I'm dropping. I'm dropping my location. Um, <laughs> I'm expecting you to show up, and we're gonna boogie. <laughs> and we're gonna boogie. Like, oh, oh my god, yeah. god, it's a, it's a look. Do you feel good about the way they're heavily featuring Sean in each episode this season, based on your feedback? My previous from, remarks. Yeah, the first episode <laughs> that you were worried that they would start to potentially overutilize him. Yeah. So. I was okay with it because it made sense. I just, I think when they use him for a really big plot thing every episode, I get worried because I don't want that, like, novelty of his character to wear off for me. Exactly. I love Sean, but, like, this one made sense because, like, of course Guillermo would, if the vampires aren't going to answer the phone, of course he's going to call their neighbor to, like, check Mm -hmm. in on things. Mm -hmm. And he was only there for, like, a minute, and it was a very, very hilarious minute of him, like, telling Guillermo what was happening on the phone and then you see him end up on the local news and you start screaming at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, yep, this is good. And then that was it for Sean, which is fine. I'm just like, ah, I just, I get my little daily dose of Sean A and uh, yeah. move on. I just, I don't need to overdose on him, but yeah. No. And it's not because I, do. I don't like his, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because I don't like his character. I love his character and that's why, yeah. again, I don't want the novelty of his character to wear off because he went from only being in a couple episodes to almost every episode this season now. yeah right well this was the conversation that you and i were having this morning about how like strong ensemble casts yeah, really make yeah. a good self-aware comedy like yeah if you're heavily featuring somebody 
it can get boring and that character's novelty can wear off. So if they were to just start center, I mean, first of all, that would be hilarious <laughs> in a way if they just started centering the entire show on Sean. <laughs> Um, I would be okay maybe I could totally see (laughs) like a bottle episode I could totally see a bottle episode in the future where they're like um this is everything that's happening from Sean's perspective I want to see Sean at a Giants game oh me too yeah 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 (laughs) baby oh he would he would oh my gosh he would serve Uh, I want to go to a Giants game with Sean I want to date Sean at a Giants (laughs) game I love a gritty Staten Islander. Speaking of the Giants, um, I'm I'm a huge New York football Giants fan. And uh, when Nandor was on the news and he's like, you know, moving on to sports. And I very briefly forgot that he was just reading off a teleprompter and not just saying stuff when he was like, <laughs> now let's go to Laszlo to see how my New York football Giants are going to be doing. And I was like, oh my God, Nandor is a Giants fan? As if this man didn't go to a party that he thought was for a superb owl. So <laughs> I was, it was just very exciting to get a nice little preview for the football season for me from this show. Yeah, from- uh let's talk about that whole bit where they show up in the newsroom oh it was so good that was so funny this is pretty relevant to what i was talking about in a couple episodes where it's like you've got a great ensemble cast that you can place in any situation and just kind of say what would happen if if like we put these vampires in uh x context and it always works because there's unlimited content there you know unlimited jokes unlimited gags colin robinson who has been playing off this sort of like proud boy style character this entire episode he was ready for war so funny um when he shows up (laughs) this time we fight this is our last stand i holy shit that's funny but especially when he's in the newsroom and he's at the weather map and the green screen makes his vest all stand out i laughed so hard (laughs) because we definitely have a weatherman in our local news that looks very much like robinson um on one of the networks and it was just like of course he would do that of course like the people that are weathermen are probably also potentially energy vampires like the venn diagram for weathermen and emotional vampires and energy vampires is yeah just a circle. but like in like a way of like i love hearing what the weathermen say <laughs> yeah no yeah for me it's like i can't imagine what having a friendship or relationship with a weatherman would be like would they just talk about the weather <laughs> their small talk is their job talk <laughs> literally wonderful oh, weather we're is, having that sounds like oh a yeah um did you know that these cumulus clouds are coming in and it's going to start raining <laughs> <laughs> wonderful weather we're having speaking, speaking of, of which, which there's a storm warning for uh orange county <laughs> <laughs> like, i like that laszlo was good at it oh <laughs> when when they di- redirected to laszlo i was like rubbing my little rat claws together <laughs> like because I love when he monologues. Yeah. Tell me more about um, how Coach Dable is so I was do this excited. season. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, do I want all of my do Do I want Laszlo to host Sports Center? Do I want all of my information that I learn about sports against my will to come I from him? Would watch it. <laughs> would want to watch it. The last thing I wanted to say on this is um, I love the 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 wide shot of the whole newsroom at the very end, right as the episode's ending. Um, and Laszlo turns to Nadja and Nandor and is like, did I look normal? Oh, I missed that. 
I thought that was so did funny. Um, because what is what do you mean? Did you look normal? What is normal for you? <laughs> <laughs> like, and again, he was like, it was so effortless for him. Like, I like with yeah. both Nandor and Nadja, they were both kind of like panicking, like, shit, fuck, damn it, uh, what do we do? And he's just like, yep, here's sports. Yeah. <laughs> do you think it's because <laughs> of all the time he spends with Sean talking about sports? It just came yes. naturally to Oh, him. yeah. Yeah, it fits so well for his character now because of his short distance high commitment. <laughs> well, speaking of short distance high commitment best friends, let's talk about the guy to Nadja. Um... No! Guys, your shippers, we How are you dog. doing? I thought of you when all that was happening. I'm like, oh, she's loving this. <laughs> feeling optimistic. Yeah. Feeling feels good, feels organic. Um f- feels like a win for us. Um I was elated. Elated when they switched hair colors. Yep. Um it made me so happy. And then also the implication, which it's so, so crazy to me that this is coming up again in yet another one of our shows, um, that the guide wants to run away. Run away oh my Nadja. God. Yeah. Come I on. think that Come anytime on. someone mentions, we should run away. I think I need to stop watching. I think I need to stop watching. Yep. Just close the laptop. Close it. And it's I've right already there. gone through it three times now. <laughs> Cannot do it again. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this with you people. I can't. I can't. Like. Oh my god. Yeah, no. The gays, we need to stop running from our commitments. We need to stop running. <laughs> when will you learn? Okay. <laughs> when will you learn? Um. But yeah, uh, when she, when the guy <laughs> goes to Nadja, she's like, we can just get out of here. We can run. We don't need them. Like, we can survive the two of us. And Nadja's just like looking at her like, what? But the guy is so yeah. desperate for that. <laughs> so adamant. And while Nadja's so caught off guard, it's so, I mean, I'm excited for the fan fiction. <laughs> just, just, just to be clear. Just to be clear. Just to make my stance clear. <laughs> just to be clear. Um, I just want to take the guy and be like, you can do so much better get out of there like she i like that she's yeah. just there she doesn't live there she's yeah. just always there she was there for like a scene yeah. last week and i don't even know if she said anything she was just there yeah and i'm just like she was just on the, call, just sheet. On the yeah. call sheet she's in the title sequence give my girl more to work with i need I more than just her pining after Nadja and like just trying to like vie for the attention of everybody we've had that from Guillermo for four seasons I don't need the guide to follow in the footsteps because Guillermo's getting out we don't need to refill that I need her to win yeah (laughs) yeah I need a win for the guide too I feel like I want to believe that it's building up to something again because we're already seeing that same dynamic where it's like, oh, the guide is also here and we're going to acknowledge her but not as a friend or not as part of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would agree. Like, I don't know if I I don't know if I love that given its redundancy, but I, I want to believe that we're building up to something that has to do with either uh, the anti-Paxos curse yeah, yeah. that is on nausea and the potential that the guide is the person that put that curse on her or just something but by the end of the season i would really hope to see her character develop in a way that solidifies her place in the title credits because and not to say and this is not me saying that she doesn't deserve to be there she deserves to be there she should be there she should be there um it's more about like 
showing that through the episodes yeah. and not just saying it because you're saying it with the title credits but you need to show, show that you know more. you need to show how she fits in yeah. you know i just want more of Kristen skull in my life you know <laughs> yes always always i mean she's such a great actor she's such a great comedic mm-hmm. talent um i really look up to her and i would just love to see more of her in this yeah. season and like later seasons definitely i feel like having her credited is a great step in that direction um but i'm I'm ready for i am ready for her character arc to be prioritized by the writers it is funny to me that if all the feedback that the writers took from this last season if they did that i think that the demand for more sean (laughs) is the funniest to me that they said oh wait yeah this character's this character is really funny we can work with this. We can build this in a, in a way that people are going to love. I want to end with talking about the sequencing of the final few scenes of the episode, mm-hmm. which are very chaotic. Yeah. And I want to take a moment to praise the writers for balancing all of that because you've got a lot of you've, you've got a big ensemble cast. Um, you've got a lot of different people talking, a lot of big personalities, and to find a way for them all of their stories to be wrapped up at the very end it's it's a huge challenge to do in 20 minutes right um but i think from the moment that we see them all preparing for the potential of uh somebody breaking down the door and coming in and and having starting a vampire (laughs) war um you get a really rhythmic sequencing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um where it's like they're all running around. They're all doing their own things. Um, the question in the writer's room that's potentially being asked is like, okay, what is each per- how is each person going to respond to and cope with the potential of being threatened by the general public? And it's like, obviously, the guide wants to run away with <laughs> Naja as like a star-crossed right. lover. And Naja is packing everyone to-go bags <laughs> and is like hyper-fixating on the to-go bags, like, which is such a mom-friend yep. thing to do. Laszlo has a plan and with then, multiple steps <laughs> that he's really excited yes. about. Oh, let's I oh my gosh, I love a man with a system. Yeah. Oh, but he's yeah. like, but you oh don't know about God. step two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it just progresses over the episode to the point where there's just like uh poster paper everywhere with all of these different options that are all somehow tied back to like keep naming <laughs> joanna roscoe <laughs> and, and this oh my gosh and this goes back to our discussion about how laszlo's character like his way of of showing love and of giving back in his relationships and like his characterization is so very much tied to his dependence on systems yes. and his desire for control yeah. and to like put together plans and schemes and means to get his friends and wife to a certain end goal yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah. that's such a grand thing like i mean there are certain characters that and it's always a guy it's it's so (laughs) crazy to me like it's always just some dude right it's always just some guy that i really identify with where they are the overachieving color-coded agenda girl uh and i say girl in the genderless yeah. sense. Like, I really love those characters because they have kind of this Taylor Swift's mirror ball <laughs> thing going on where they are always just trying and trying and trying over again to improve things and make them better. And 
sometimes failing, but above all, not giving up and like persisting. I think that was my fear at the end of last season is that when Laszlo lost his son, he would become someone who no longer is inspired to plot and scheme and iterate about how to fix things. And instead, his coping mechanism is to just dive right into that more in this season. And it's so funny. I also just calling out my weekly praise of Matt Berry's mm-hmm. delivery uh, to cut a shit story short. <laughs> uh, adding that one to my vocabulary I immediately. Love that so yeah, much. I love that. He goes, everyone knows that there are vampires now and that we are they. <laughs> <laughs> we are they. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so funny and i don't know who to credit this to so i'll I'll give them all credit but whoever's writing and then like if it's matt berry that's offering modifications to those lines so they align more with his very unique delivery is doing incredible things like i i feel bad for for listeners that are like emberlyn you say this every (laughs) fucking week in some (laughs) like in some iteration like repeating though can you stop talking about this (laughs) But it's, it. I mean, it, it amazes me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's all. That's, That's all. all. On that note, I really deeply missed that. Yeah! We got him. We got, we got him. him. Ladies and gentlemen. We got him. We got him. <laughs> when, when, when you hear that in that scene where they're all going to the newsroom, ah, I was God. like, I'm oh home. my God. It's like the same feeling yeah. that the theme song gives me because every time the theme song plays, I'm like, ah. Yeah. Listen, you're dead. It's one of those themes where I I don't know if it's just the way it vamps, but you're just ready. Like when it comes on, you're like, oh, yeah. I'm ready. You know, it, it's such a great jump start to what you're going to to witness. Uh, you know, like we talked in a previous episode about <laughs> I, I, if you could honestly, if you could do guys at home could do like a, if you folks at home could do like a drinking game. <laughs> Um, where you just count the number of times that I've said, we've talked about this in a previous episode. Um, or, and I'll say this. And I have to agree with you there. <laughs> or, such that, you're going to like, you're going to get alcohol poisoning. <laughs> so, uh, but but um, there are certain shows that own a song, yeah. right? Um, as in like, once it's used in iconically in that show, to see it in other things, it doesn't work. It can never be used yeah. again. That's one of those yep. songs. That's one of those songs. It is. And like, I, th- I think it- what helps is, like, for me, visually, the title sequence that it plays to. Like, the there's something about the way that the camera moves through it of how it pans across these yeah. photos of them. I don't know. It just adds. One of the great pitches, I think, of the, the, the theme and opening credits is that you can tell that there's a lot of care and attention to detail put into this show. Something that I always admired about the the original film, it's kind of a similar opening, like where you get all of the Photoshop pictures of the vampires in the same mm-hmm. song, You're Dead. Um, and you can, you'll hear uh, Jermaine and Taika talk, the, who created the, 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 the movie and created an executive produce the show. Yeah. Uh, the show. Um, you hear them talk about how they were the ones photoshopping and modifying pictures for the original yeah. theme um, and that it took a really long time and that they had, you know, Photoshop, but like nothing complex, no, no AI, obviously yeah, nothing gosh. that would 
allow them to be able to do that in a more quote-unquote efficient way. And I just love that because, I mean, when you can – there are obviously situations where there are too many cooks and there's too much mm-hmm. going on. But, like, when you can do something where it's very clear that you've put the time and energy into it, it's like a school project. When a girl boss shows up to sixth grade history with a diorama that's got, like, glitter <laughs> and markers everywhere and, like, printed pictures and stickers, like – I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You've sold me because I know you care about yeah. what you're doing. Even if you're, you know, even if you're 12 and you don't really understand what you're right. doing because no one does and you're in high school, you know, you're in school, you're in middle school, there's just something way more engaging about that because the effort yeah. is there. Like the desire to create, the desire to understand through art is mm-hmm. there. And I feel like you get that from that first two, three minutes of every what we do in the It's, a, it's like one of my favorite yeah. title sequences. Do you remember the night market last yeah. season where they used a lot of real effects Puppet. and puppets Puppet. to tell that yeah. story? That I that's just another example, yeah. right? Of of the way that there are still people in in the entertainment industry that are are really passionate about creative pursuits that should a be you know equitably compensated for the work and b should be valued over um, artificial intelligence right. and like automation because like God like. We'll never be able to do anything like that again if we if we keep moving in yeah. that direction, I feel like. It takes the creativity right um, out of it, which is not why shows are created. No. No. It's like, are you forget? I mean, obviously, when you've got dollar signs in your eyes, it's clear you've forgotten yeah. what matters and, like, what gives a show its heart. I really like that. I think – and this is something FX as a network, like, obviously – there are valid criticisms about about Big Fox, but like FX is a network. What I have always appreciated about the shows that they put out is there is like, there does seem to be, and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't work there and I don't want to mischaracterize anything, but there does, at least as a viewer, seem to be attention paid to um, creative authenticity mm-hmm. and like independence to do things that are self-aware and like original and funny, like, Reservoir Dogs, um, It's Always Sunny, The Bear, mm-hmm. like all of these shows, they're so niche. They, they're not really pandering for one. And then there's a uniqueness about them. Like they're not always pulling from other things in the way that I feel like other networks do where it's like, oh, people really love superheroes. Let's yeah. make 85,000 movies about a superhero, you know? Or like people really like uh, rock and roll. Let's make Daisy <laughs> Jones in the Six for for just for for shits and giggles you know and then yeah have all of those characters have iphone face and not not have that great rock star face that you'd see in like almost famous because there are too many shows that look like they're brand new you know and i think a lot of like i immediately thought of like ted lasso because it's on apple tv and Oh, it's yeah. a good show, but it just looks too clean and fake where it's just like, I know this is a show where at least like, I think like, and maybe it has to do with the camera work too, but with what we do in the shadows, like it looks lived in, you know, like you ever go over to somebody's yeah. house and it doesn't look like they live there and yeah. it's like a little off putting yeah. where it's like, okay, I, I like you oh, can, have yeah. I, yeah. like I know it can be clean, but I, it, I feel like it's it's like almost sterile in a way. But if I go to a house that like yeah. looks like, oh yeah, yeah, you live here and you do things here, it's like, cool, nice. It makes me think of the house flipping episode last season where um, everything in the What We Do in the Shadows house, it's, the, it's very detail oriented, it's very spooky. 
um, you can infer a lot about the people living in yeah. the house from the props. Um, but then when the house is flipped, it becomes modern and all those personal effects are removed and it ends up in like the gang ultimately rejects this remodel yeah. because of that, because it's, it's not, not aesthetically, it doesn't fit with who they are. Yeah. And that's such a great uh, metaphor for like when you try to take things and improve on them in a way that is modern and chic and innovative when in actuality it's just it's the shell of what makes art art you know like that's not a critique on like modern or abstract art more or less it's just like there has to be heart behind what you're doing and that is why you're actively putting the things on the shelves in these homes that remind you of who these people are you're actively hanging the the taxidermy animals on the wall that's what makes these yeah. things work you know? and that's why you pay writers to write stuff instead of paying getting ai <laughs> to do it yeah and prop masters to build those sets and costuming departments to do the great work that they do and so on mm-hmm. and so on you know so my last question is about your mid-season predictions and like if you want to jump away at this part if you don't want to know what the episode titles are moving on for the rest of the mm-hmm. season then um just maybe skip forward 15 seconds or so but the last episode is titled and we just had this great conclusion of this episode where Guillermo's putting his his foot (gasps) down and saying that it's not his problem (laughs) I was just like oh shit like the interviews like for the show that they're filming (laughs) oh shit and yeah and then that paired with um you know, the dynamic between Guillermo and Nandor this season and Guillermo's secret and portrayal of Nandor. I wonder how that ties together. What are your uh, thoughts? Fear? <laughs> fear's, fear's one of them. Uh, that's interesting. Um, I don't yeah. look at titles. <laughs> so this is news to me. This is yeah, why. Now, well, now that, now that I have that information, I'm wondering if it's going to come to a point where Guillermo's like no you said you don't need me I don't need you and then I I wonder if it's if it might come to him telling the truth mm-hmm. or but like if he tells the truth then like how how will Nandor feel about that because of the whole like oh yeah if, if you became a vampire with someone else I would have to kill you and then myself like mm-hmm. I, I don't know I don't know so, like, if Guillermo, say Guillermo leaves at the end of the season, does mm-hmm. that mean, like, they have to fight to get him back somehow? <laughs> like, I don't know. This Which is which is a plot line that I have been w- waiting for yeah, very patiently be- for about five seasons Because, again, now. I don't want Guillermo to put any more work into the relationship. You know, there comes a, like, it yeah. takes to, to have a relationship, and that goes with any sort of relationship. And if you're yeah. not going to put the work in, then what the fuck, you know? <laughs> Why stick around? Yeah, yeah. It takes two, right? To tango. And there is some, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Um, and there is, like, Guillermo does share some responsibility in all of this. Like, he's not a passive person. Like, he he does, at times, put himself over and over again in situations where he could be taken advantage of, of Nandor, like, even after recognizing that Nandor treats him badly, like he continues to hang around. He continues to be part of Nandor's life. So like there's some shared responsibility there. Um, but like that said, it's I think it's still warranted and deserved 
for Guillermo to be able to put his foot down and say like this is this is no longer serving me you know which is like you know and like that's also acknowledging that like Guillermo is baby girl (laughs) but like he also does have toxic tendencies for example returning over and over again to a dynamic that is maybe kind of bad for him at this point um but that's the point and I thought about this question a lot from Nandor's perspective Mm -hmm. and how Nandor alternatively has literally no one you know like no family everybody in his life kind of like leaves him you know like whenever he tries to make friends or like romantic connections those people all ultimately leave but not Guillermo because even even um like Laz like he his friends with Laszlo and Nadja but Laszlo and Nadja have each other you know right so right right and right and he's not gonna be friends with I feel like we've no I feel like we've kind of seen this lone wolf dynamic emerge for him over the past couple of seasons where he's constantly searching for something to fill the void in his life um whether that and it's usually a relationship and it never works out for him because there's only one person that can fill that void and that person has betrayed him and I think that's going to destroy him and I'm 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 gonna be there with my popcorn to watch it all happen I'm gonna be there to watch it all go down I think 2023 is the year of watching relationships just explode (laughs) FX intern, here's the caption for the clip of uh, Nandor losing it all. Hot girl you know gets hot. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have a prior engagement, Caitlin, so I think it's time for us to wrap up. Where are you going? Uh, I've been asked to appear on this new show. It's called Are You Strong Enough with Jeremy Strong? Um... And I have no idea what that's about, but I'm looking forward to the opportunity. I think um, this might be an opportunity you might want to turn down. That's just my two cents. <laughs> Sometimes the Delulu is not the Salulu, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just know I saw it on TikTok earlier? Oh. I was like, wow, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, all right, well. Uh, right, yeah, okay, so uh, uh, we're in the room together and it's dark and uh, the lights are off and uh i just wanted to know if you have any interest in hearing about my uh my emmy noms the spirit has seemed to want to engage with me about a conversation <laughs> with emmy nominations but i took this to heart is he mocking me because i don't have any <laughs> <laughs> the day that ghost adventures the day that zach bagans wins an academy award is the day that I, yeah, I ended yeah, yep. <laughs> I think, yep, I think at that point you've seen enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen, I have seen more than enough. Pressing the blocked button on my. All right, life. well, Emberlyn's gotta go get mauled by Jeremy Strong. I need to go. <laughs> Continue edit- editing the Good Omens episode, which you should check out because it already exists now. By the time you're listening to this, uh, oh, I'm so excited. Me for that too. One. Okay. <laughs> um, Check us out. See you next week if you're continuing to listen. See you next week. Uh, Bye. Bye.